sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the most nutritious hour of business talk all week. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. Your host and moderator is Bonnie D. Graham. You'll hear from the innovators who have learned to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo and help move today's businesses in new directions. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. Whether you're a startup or a seasoned company, I bet you already know the hard, hard, cold facts and the truth of today's customer experience. It's a motion, perpetual motion target. It's moving all the time. And guess what? It's your new competitive battleground. Given these challenges, plus you know your time is very tight and your budget will forget about it. It's so tight, unbelievable today. How can you slide that customer satisfaction needle, you know, like the speedometer, in the right direction? Because you have to motivate your employees to keep going, and you have to satisfy your executives. CRM experts Reza Sudagar, Vinay Iyer, and Dr. Volker G. Hildebrand return to the program today by popular demand to share nuggets of wisdom from part four of their book. The part four is called Sustaining the Wow. The book you may remember from the show two weeks ago is entitled The Customer Experience Edge, Technology and Techniques for Delivering an Enduring, Profitable, and Positive Experience for Your Customers. So in the next 45 minutes, I promise you, You will learn 10 quick wins you can implement now to see benefits in the near term. Yes, I promise you, and my guests are going to help me keep that promise. So pour yourself a cup of Joe, OJ, or Earl, and join us for Food for Thought on the 10 on-ramps to wow them on the customer experience freeway. I'd like to get right to it and welcome my three guests. Without further ado, welcome Reza Sudagar. Reza is Senior Director for CRM Solution Marketing at SAP. He has over two decades in business consulting, IT strategy, and CRM solution development. He has also held senior leadership positions at Accenture and Oracle. Welcome, Reza. How are you today? Buddy, thanks so much for having us. Uh, great. Uh, uh, we're glad to be here. Good. And how's the book going? How are the sales going, Reza? I think sales have been pretty good. We just got the results of sales. It's been pretty encouraging. Um, McGraw-Hill has been considering doing a second run. Oh, my goodness. Well, the good news is that people really need your knowledge, and that's why I'm going to move quickly to your partner here, Dr. Volker Hildebrand, your co-author, and welcome Volker. He is a vice president for CRM Solutions at SAP. Volker has been a CRM expert, consultant, researcher, author, professor. Volker, it goes on and on and on, software industry professional for two decades. He has published over a 100 articles on CRM, and they've appeared in the Harvard Business Review, German edition, etc., etc., etc. Welcome back, Volker Hildebrand. How are you today? Hey, Bonnie. I'm, I'm doing fantastic this morning. Uh, thanks, for, thanks for having us, uh, and uh, 
How's it going over there at your place? Okay, things are great. And, and you know, we move at such a fast pace here in New York where I'm based. I love the idea of the customer experience freeway and the idea of an on-ramp. Because let me tell you, on a good day when you're not in rush hour traffic, if you're trying to get on the Long Island Expressway or Northern State Parkway or Southern State Parkway or the Meadowbrook or the Wanto, wherever you are, you had better have a way to get on that on-ramp and accelerate fast to keep up with traffic. And I think that's a good parallel with what we're going to be talking about, Volker. So now it's time to introduce the third part of the author trio, Vinay Iyer. Vinay is Vice President of Global Marketing at SAP. He also has over 20 years' experience as an engineer, product manager, sales and business development manager, and marketer. And he held roles previously at Siebel Systems in the U.S. and Europe. Vinay, welcome back. What's new in your world today? Um, what's new is it stopped raining in the Bay Area, so I'm looking forward to some sunshine today. <laughs> I'm very glad to hear that. Once again, we've nominated you as a spokesperson for the book. So for those who didn't listen to the show two weeks ago when we talked about the meaning of the customer experience edge, Vinay, why don't you tell us a little bit about the principle of, of how a company today should be focused on the customers primarily and how that will make or break whether they're going to survive. Just give us a quick intro, please. Sure, we'll do that. Uh, um, as we spoke in the last radio show, uh, the reality today is that customers are way more empowered and have a lot more bargaining power than any of the brands or companies out there. And that's the reality that uh, everybody has to play in. And secondly, in order to really build the trust of the customer and build their loyalty, it's important that companies focus on consistently delivering to the four pillars that we talk about in the book in great detail. Pillar number one is reliability. How mm-hmm. reliable mm-hmm. are you at providing what you promise? Number two is relevance. How interesting or how relevant is your communication to your customers so that they feel you have something to offer and feel excited by that? The third one is responsiveness. How quick are you to listen to my feedback, my desires, my likes and dislikes and respond to it rather than having me wait forever and never getting a response from you? Mm-hmm. And the fourth one is convenience. Now that everybody is on Facebook, everybody is on Twitter, everybody is on smartphones, uh, how can you make it very convenient for me so that I can do business with you anytime, anywhere, uh, whether it's in the store, whether it's when I'm mobile, when I'm at home in front of a computer or in front of a TV? So those are the four pillars, and it's important that companies focus on those four pillars and deliver. Thank you, Vinay. And I want to move quickly back into your book, deep into the depths of your book. I want to talk about Chapter 8 before we get to the on-ramps. Chapter 8 is titled, Adding Disruptive Technologies to Advance the Game. The reason this caught my attention, I'm addressing this to all three of you, is that when we launched this radio series, it's now Coffee Break with Game Changers. We were originally Breakfast with Game Changers. We talked about the definition of Game Changers. As a matter of fact, I was on with Dan Mahold, who was a VP, VP of Mobility at SAP. We talked about the role of disruptive technologies in breaking up the status quo, in bringing things to a halt and then moving them forward, disrupting. Disrupting sounds like a bad word. In this case, it's a good word. So do you mean by saying adding disruptive technologies to advance the game in your book, and again, this is to all three of you, that technology that disrupts is going to be a guaranteed game changer in the right direction for any company in terms of winning the customer experience battle. Uh, who wants to take that one? Uh, this Volker, I can take this one. 
Please, Volker, yes. Um, well, first of all, uh, Bonnie, there is there is never a guarantee. Okay. Um, uh, and, and simply simply deploying technology does not guarantee success. There's there's a lot of other um, things that are that are needed as well. Um, but the the reason why we have this chapter in the book about disruptive technologies is um, there's actually two reasons for it. One is um, the the customer behavior is changing because of new technologies that are available. Okay. So it's not mm-hmm. only companies that need to um, deploy new um, uh, technologies to um, up the ante and, and change the game. There is actually also a demand coming from, from the customer side. Customers today, and consumers in particular, are socially networked, um, they're they're always on digitally connected, and as a result, are more empowered than than ever. So, as a consequence, there's there's two things uh, from a company perspective. One, you want to um, uh, rebalance um, the the shift of power towards the consumer um, and gain some power back. This is where um, uh, you would also leverage some of these. Um, Technologies, whether it's social media technologies, collaboration tools, mobile technologies, mm-hmm. etc. And the other, the other reason is that it enables you to do things that you have not uh, been able to do before. One one example uh, that I uh, want to um, use very quickly is uh, social communities. Um, SAP is a great example. We have a. Um, SAP's community network, which is an online um, platform, mm-hmm. you look at it from a technology perspective, where over two and a half million SAP customers, partners are online and interact and collaborate with each other. Um, in fact, if one customer has a problem and posts it online on that community, yes. um, he will get an answer from some other community member out there much faster than SAP support organization um, uh, could do it. I mean, think about it. We have, I don't know, maybe uh, a few thousand people in, in support. Sure. Versus two and a half million experts out there. That is huge. So what you're telling me, if I understand correctly, is that the disruptive technologies are outside the company as well as inside the company, pushing and pulling in both directions. Now, That's you've already right. wow- wowed me with some of your numbers, Volker, and that leads us, and we've got, let's see, three minutes left in this segment. That leads me to part four of your book, which is the subject of today's show, Sustaining the Wow. So I'm going to turn to Reza. I'd like to hear from you. What does wow mean in the context of gaining the customer experience edge res. What, what exactly is a wow? Uh, Brian, that's a great question. The wow for us is what creates a differentiation. So um, how can you create an experience that's not only great, but also uh, remarkable, rememberable, something that uh, differentiates you from the others uh, and could be consistent? Um, and uh, it actually, there is a connection between that and this notion of kind of disruptive technologies. I want to kind of add a couple of things to, to follow what Volker said um, as it connects to this creating and sustaining the vow. Um, there is a lot of uh, um, technologies out there that today are available 
to, to our customers, to our consumers out there, and they're not even available to the enterprise itself. Mm-hmm. So in the past, let's say 20 years ago, a lot of technologies were introduced first in the enterprise space, and then they would become commercialized and go out there and come to a great, you know, the greater public. Today, it's exactly the other way around. If you think about, I want the example of iPad iPad mm-hmm. for the consumer tool went out there and rechanged the way people use um, um, internet, use computing, use apps. And now you see companies rushing to arm their people with iPads to, to, to be able to deliver the same type of experience and interaction to their customers. So it's really the communities out there that are driving the adoption. There is a lot of route. Reza, I'm going to stop you for a second because... 10 million plus iPad sales yesterday from Apple, right? Uh, So this is real. And what they're trying to do is to create these wow moments, uh, to create uh, uh, something that's differentiated and sustain it over time. And then we can talk about you know, some of the easy steps to get uh, get engaged on, on the path to creating the wow. Exactly. And we are just about at the end of our first segment, but I want to let our audience know that we're going to tackle the first five on-ramps in the next segment. And they are, get this, kids, this is a killer. Kill a stupid rule. I can't wait to hear about that one. Number two is inject the unexpected. And we're going to reference Seth Godin and Purple Cow, one of my favorite social media authors. We're going to talk about making a connection monitoring online sentiment and responding so powerful and number five is think community so if you're ready for those 10 on ramps fulfill your cup with whatever you're drinking today and we'll check in with our coffee break orders when we come back i'm bonnie d graham this is coffee break with game changers presented by sap don't even think of touching that dial or whatever you call it today justin take it away When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase, an SAP company, offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com are you an entrepreneur that wants to achieve more not just in it for profit but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways listen for be more achieve more inspiration for the entrepreneurial mind with host chris cooper you'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with a passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance these people are making a difference and will help give you the motivation and insight to achieve more be more achieve more can be heard live fridays at 8 a.m u.s pacific time on the voice america business channel No family can survive on two incomes anymore, let alone one. If you are supplementing your family's income working from home, then tune into The Cash Flow Show, Direct Sales Radio. Host Deb Bixler brings you sales tips, lead generation systems, and best business practices that guarantee direct sales success. Whether you're looking for a little extra cash or a career change, The Cash Flow Show, Direct Sales Radio, will give you proven systems that will work in your home business. The Cash Flow Show. 
Show every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. To speak with Bonnie D. Graham and her guests, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag pound sign S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. And yes, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Time for the coffee orders today. Jeff at SAP is drinking Black Starbucks Espresso Roast. Thank you for that, Jeff. And let's see, Malcolm today is back to his standard, which he loves to say is above average. You are above average, Malcolm, in everything. Alligator French, whole bean, and brood strong, and that, of course, is from his favorite company, Equator Coffees. We have Margot, the lovely Margot, is drinking Nespresso Descaffeinato Intenso. Sounds wonderful to me, even though I can't pronounce it. And Courtney, the lovely Courtney, is drinking Tech. Chino, it sounds like a high-tech coffee. Tech Chino, and she's listening today. And let's see, SAPCRM is drinking a Grande Two Pump Peppermint Mocha. I want that. And Kristen in Miami, let's see, she's drinking Starbucks Java Chip Frap. It was only 460 calories, and so today she's, well, she's sticking to pure water. So let's go to our guest today. Reza, what are you drinking for your coffee break today, wherever you are? Actually, today I'm having the Nespresso Decaffeinato Instanto, which is a, a decaf, definitely. I'm trying to stay off caffeine today. You're, you're like me. They don't let me go near caffeine on days when I do the show. And Volker, what are you drinking today, my friend? Um, I have a, a piece, but with caffeine, uh, double shot. Oh, double shot. That sounds very heavy duty. And Vinay, what's in your cup today? You know, I may be the most boring guy drinking East Bay <laughs> Municipal Utilities water. <laughs> well, listen, when water is good, water is good. So let's just let's just stay with that. So now it's time to launch into the 10 on-ramps. And I want to tell my audience that my esteemed guests, my three CRM experts, have decided to help move this along fast because, listen, a freeway moves fast, as I said, and anybody in any major city knows that. So we're going to try and compress the 10 into combinations of logical on-ramps. So we might get there twice as fast. Reza, what why don't you kick this off? We're going to tackle on ramp number one, kill a stupid rule. <laughs> I love that one. And we're going to combine it with number seven, venture outside your industry. So take us there, please. Uh, Bonnie, I think that this is kind of my, my, my two favorite <laughs> uh, on ramps, the easy to do and actually be, be observed this through our research. Uh, killing a stupid rule, it really comes down to identifying what's what's the what's the biggest pain about the customers have today and every company that you look at there is some process some policy some uh, some some uh, really stupid and unfriendly customer um, uh, process that we can change very quickly. It could be as simple, uh, if you talk to the uh, uh, bank of Commerce in Missouri, as simple as removing the um, uh, 
the, 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 the tie that kind of keeps a pen and doesn't allow you to, uh, to write down your check number because it's just too short. Some, some simple things like that. Uh, we, and now we can see also, uh, uh other companies looking at, uh, uh, rules that they created and then backtracking on that. For instance, the, uh, financial industry, they started looking at, uh, adding fees for using eight, eight ATM machines. Mm-hmm. Really backfired. Completely customer unfriendly. They just did not put customer in the center. So these type of rules that we create ourselves within our companies um, can really come back and bite us. And identifying them and uh, really being ruthless about eliminating them is, is key. We also saw another example uh, of, of Netflix really creating a new, uh, again a, a new pricing policy, a new rule that was really customer unfriendly and turned down almost 800,000 subscribers. So these could really oh. have huge impact on your organizations. Imagine if today you can go identify some of these rules that have turned off customers from you and, and change things around, what type of impact they can have on your business. So th- this is a very simple one to do. It doesn't require um, uh, technology. It really requires uh, uh, common sense uh, and uh, the, the will to make a difference. Uh, in many ways, how you can look at uh, your people differently is by looking outside of your company in different industries who are mm-hmm. similar in business model. What we saw, for instance, with Cenex, the key learnings came from uh, financial services industry. Uh, Van Bont has spent a lot of time at Fidelity uh, call centers uh, when he was trying to uh, create his own uh, customer experience project at the at Cemex, which is a cement factory. You can imagine mm-hmm. he got so much good learnings out of that, which they applied to uh, their own business, and they actually won the customer experience award because of this this projects that they ah. they undertook. So. They're really good examples, good learnings. It's not within the four walls of your company. Look outside and look at other, other industries and see what the processes have worked for them. Now, Rez, I want to, I want to, I want to just ask, point something out before whoever's coming in. I want to ask the question to all of you. The title of our show is Game Changers. In order to kill the stupid rule, I'm guessing somebody has to get that balloon going off, that, that brainstorming notion that this rule is stupid. So in a company culture, who gets to be the one who puts that flag up, raises that banner, waves that red flag and says, this rule is stupid. That sounds like a career game changer move to me, too. So let's just talk for a second about inside the company. Who gets to be the brave one who says, damn, this is really stupid? Who's going to be the one? Let me take that job on this tonight. Yes. Uh, I, I was on an internship because one of the things companies need to pay attention to is you know, the cost of making a decision greatly higher than the cost of the solution itself, Right. I mean, there mm-hmm. are situations where the customer may be complaining about something that costs a few dollars and it takes hours to come to some resolution. And look at the cost involved and look at the frustration to the customer. Mm-hmm. And that's something I think at the manager level, somebody needs to say, hey, what are the rules and processes that we have? And can we empower our frontline employees who deal with the customers day in and day out to make some of these big decisions and just get moving because the cost of uh, going into end- endless evaluations and ne- negotiations greatly exceeds the cost of the solution itself. So, okay. And, and on the other hand, when you look at uh, who who are the people who can really come up with these ideas and who can cut through bureaucracy mm-hmm. and yes, and get things going, I think it's most of the time the frontline employees who are in front of customers, the call center agents, the sales reps, the field service agents. 
the shipment, uh, the guy, the person who makes uh, delivery and shipment to your home. I mean, these are the people who interact with customers day in and day out in kind of real-life situations and often are the most, uh, you know, empowered people to, to recommend uh, the right solution. Okay, so I'm hearing empowerment. I'm hearing that the people who are closest to the customer, and we know very often that might be the frontline social business or social media people who could be monitoring the Twitter feed or the Facebook page or just hearing what, or, or whatever the company feedback. This is, this is good to know. Now, I want to move to what we have here in the book, number two on ramp. And I know we're doing these out of order, but this will save some time. Inject the unexpected. And I'm going to read here from a second. You're quoting Seth Godin, the marketing guru, about his seminal book, Purple Cow. And you say, Godin's message is that the era of selling average products to average people is over. Having an imaginatively differentiated product or service that people want to recommend to their friends is the way to success. This in and of itself can be the basis of the customer experience if your offering fills the bill. Okay, in today's world, Volker, how many companies have the flexibility to say, oh, let's do something that's above average or outside of the box. Let's change everything. That sounds like a very long process. How can it be a quick on-ramp? I, I think every company can um, make very fast and quick uh, quick changes and and uh, um, really overachieve customer expectations uh, uh, by simply you know maybe changing processes or, or do things differently. Let me give you a very simple example, which uh, um, when it happened to me the first time, I was really positively surprised and was totally unexpected. In the meantime, I'm seeing. Uh, that more, more, more and more often. So typically, for example, you order something online and, and you get the product and for whatever reason it, it's wrong or broken. Okay. So what's, what's the typical process? You return something. Once you've returned it, you get a replacement. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the, the, the usual order. So here's the unexpected. So I called and said, uh, it was actually, it was, uh, um, a car, a race car for my son. He has this swap car track, mm-hmm. and and the car didn't didn't work. So I called, and they said, "We're going to send you a replacement immediately, with you know return um, information for the one that you have." Okay. And so once you get the new car, just send us the old one, and if we get it within four weeks, we're not going to charge you. Otherwise, we're going to charge your credit card. So that was kind of their their uh, uh, security uh, side to make sure they get the payment in case I don't return it. But they did right. not wait for me to return the product. They really Got felt it. like, okay, if something was wrong with it, we're going to send a replacement immediately, and it was there the next day. That's wow. the unexpected. That's changing a traditional process and, um, you know, deliver a, a positive customer experience, even in a situation where the customer at first is unhappy because the product you receive was not, um, you know, working, for example. Okay, well, that's a good one. And, you know, we have one minute left till the end of this segment. I want to just introduce number four on ramp and number five, monitor online sentiment and think community. I think we've already touched on this a little bit, but who can just give me a 30-second heads up on what this stands for in your book? Uh, let me give a quick uh, take on that. Okay. Uh, it's not an easy thing to measure online sentiment because 
there is no structure to the discussions that go on. However, whether you put people, whether you put tools, whether you put uh, outsource it, it is a critical thing to stay in tune with what your audiences, your customers, and your influencers are talking out there. And it's probably one of the most important things companies need to do today, which is listen, listen, and listen, because a lot of the conversations are already going on in social media already. Okay. You know what? That takes us up to our break time. When we come back, we're going to continue looking at part four of the customer experience. Edge part four is sustaining the wow, and we're continuing with our 10 quick wins you can make in your company very quickly to get results in the near term. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. I'm speaking with Reza Sudagar, Volker Hildebrand, and Vinay Iyer, the authors of the book, and we'll be right back with a lot more on ramp. So, Stay where you are and get ready to put your pedal to the metal, foot on the pedal, and let's get going on the customer experience freeway. We'll be right back. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you tired of the government squandering your tax dollars on bailouts and overpaid bureaucrats? On Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Mike Beitler and his guests explain why big government regulations are the problem and innovative businesses and free markets are the solution. Listen to Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Thursday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com what does a visual workplace mean to you how does it contribute to operational excellence and what steps do you take to put it powerfully in place listen to the visual workplace work that makes sense to find out Each week, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, shares tools and strategies to help you make the workplace speak at a glance without saying a word. Learn to work safer, faster, better, and at far less cost no matter what business you're in. Tune in to The Visual Workplace every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. To speak with Bonnie D. Graham and her guests, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag, pound sign, S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. 
Well, we have another coffee break comment here on our Twitter feed, Pounds on SAP Radio Coffee from the lovely Wendy, also in Miami, and she's drinking caramel macchiato. Thank you, Wendy. Let's get back to our on-ramps to the customer experience freeway, Vinay. Let's continue talking about thinking about community, making a connection, and monitoring online sentiment and responding. Let's go back on that on-ramp, please. Sure. Um I'll go back to what Walker mentioned that, you know, uh, where he gave an example of SAP running a huge community of customers. Um, so the frequent question is, how do you, uh, how do you monitor what discussions are going on and how do you get a sense of what sentiment is being expressed and how do you actually set up some process by which you can be responsive to those kind of, uh, questions that are floating around in social media space? Mm-hmm. And it's really a non-trivial problem because when you look at the volume of the discussions, it runs into the millions and millions, and it happens every so frequently. Every few seconds, there is something new being posted. So these these are real problems that pose big challenges for companies. Um, the good news is there are a lot of emerging tools and technologies that will help uh, pass through you know, hundreds of thousands of these tweets or blogs or mm-hmm. social media mentions on Facebook and will help you get some kind of uh, a rough analysis of, well, these are the trending topics. And there are also some tools called sentiment analysis tools that will help uh, uh, that'll help you say, uh, hey, these are the top, uh, you know, red items, red in the sense that, you know, things that are being discussed and very hot topics. Mm-hmm. And by the way, the sentiment expressed in that is positive or negative or neutral or something in between. Uh, however, I would say the bigger challenge really comes when you're, when the sentiment analysis tools are not smart enough to really uh, to pass to the language uh, nuances. Mm-hmm. For example, we had a real uh, situation where a customer was really excited by the demo of a product they were seeing during a webcast. And yes. he tweeted, Damn, this is an excellent uh, demo, right? Now, the sentiment analysis tool was kind of confused because when it hears a word like, when it senses a word like damn, it's like a really negative sentiment. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, you know, it looked at the first thing and said, well, there's a negative sentiment, but on the, on the other hand, it, it was really positive. It was a wow. So it's, I would say that, you know, unfortunately, we're not at a time in our technological evolution where everything can be automated. So I would say there has to be a mix of manual oversight combined with technology that can actually, you know, help you monitor accurately and then consequently do the right thing. Very good point. I'm thinking AI, artificial intelligence, isn't quite there yet. You're right. The word damn would be would be in itself isolated, could be a very negative concept for anybody, even even a person who didn't speak that particular lingo or that language or wasn't familiar. Would be, Wait, that's, that's something very, very bad. Very interesting. I want to move to the topic of conducting frequent customer surveys, which is on ramp number eight in your book. And I'm wondering, We've been talking about monitoring the sentiment. We've been talking about making connections and responding to what customers are saying. And here we are talking about frequent customer surveys. I know that can be a very sensitive thing in terms of do you ask open-ended questions? Do you ask closed-ended questions? How do you also interpret the surveys? How do you deliver them? So who wants to take that one in terms of what kinds of surveys are you recommending to your readers? 
Yeah, Volker? maybe uh, I can uh, take this one. This is Volker. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Uh, first of all, this uh, this this question and also um, uh, this on ramp customer surveys as well as leveraging analytical tools mm-hmm. um, are also linked to some of the uh, things that the NIH just mentioned. Right. One, one key thing, um, if you if you want to improve the customer experience, is understand your customers needs and wants uh, because customer experience starts and ends with, with the customer. So you need to listen and understand what your customer's needs and wants are and how happy or satisfied they are with the services or products that you deliver. And Benai talks a lot about the um, um, more um, modern Tools leveraging social media and doing sentiment analysis, which mm-hmm. which are great, but there's there's still a place for very basic surveys, especially um, surveys that are close, very close to a customer interaction. Whether it's a, a call uh, to the call center, whether you mm-hmm. bring your car. Um, to have it, um, you know, for regular maintenance. And then immediately after that, um, you should ask your, uh, the, the customers how satisfied were you with this. Um, typically, um, what do you want to do when you uh, do surveys? There's, there's a couple of things that are important. One, it needs to be very close to the actual um, event. Right. Uh, like I just said, uh, for example, call to the call center, so ideally, immediately after the call. Okay. Um, secondly, don't ask too many questions. If, if, there's, <laughs> if there's like ten or more questions, uh, people are very reluctant to um, to answer them. Um, number three, it should be a combination of uh, close question and open questions. Okay. Um, and open questions should not be mandatory. But sometimes you will get really good comments from people who would like to provide additional comments. Um, so these are um, kind of some of the guidelines for for surveys, and and in many many cases, there's no other way to find out what your customers really think unless you ask them. So I'm hearing you say that the customer survey should be delivered easily, conveniently, close to the point of interaction with the customer so that the memory is fresh, the experience is fresh, and they're likely to be authentic in their response, but don't make them do too much, answer too many questions, or demand that they do anything at all. Just offer the survey. I like that a lot. That that makes a lot of sense because everybody is busy. I would say also make it available so that they can get the survey on their iPhone or their Android or their iPad. Make it a very mobile type of survey if it's that type of interaction. Every time I go to the movies in a certain movie chain here on Long Island, the next day without fail, I get an email from the theater chain saying, which theater did you go to, and etc. Was the popcorn fresh? Was the sound good? Did the staff greet you? Were they well-dressed? I answer that damn thing every single time because I like the survey. I like the fact that it's, it's recognizing me as a regular customer. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. I want to continue. We have just a few minutes. And Reza, I'm going to ask you to pick up the last three on-ramps and see if you can combine them. One is source passion internally. Another one is don't reinvent the wheel. And Make a connection. I'm not sure where that one fits. So take any or all three, and let's let's wrap up this on ramp segment. 
Sounds good, Bonnie. So, sourcing the, the uh, passion internally, you asked the question earlier. So who does mm-hmm. these things? Who is going to yeah. take uh, action to kill a stupid rule? Who is going to inject the unexpected? Re- I want to share something with everyone. When we ask this question to the executives, to the C-level executives of the companies, uh, of where customer experience sits on their agenda, 80% of them told us it's top of their agenda. It's one of the top three things they want to do. So what does that mean is that if you're an employee in a company, you might not have got the memo. But if you're taking a step towards customer centricity, towards delivering a better experience, you're aligned with your CEO. So uh, it's not about going and getting people from the outside. It's about empowering everybody in the organization, letting them know what this uh, agenda is. And everybody will take a step forward. And then you will find champions who will actually stand up and they will execute programs. They will they will uh, make, it, make it more programmatic. But passion is internal. It exists in organizations. Everybody wants to uh, serve the customers. And now mm-hmm. the mandate is there uh, uh, from the CEO. Uh, so if you didn't get the memo, uh, <laughs> you, are, you feel empowered because of the survey. Know that your CEO uh, has this on mind. Uh, and don't reinvent the wheel. It's really about um, going where the customers are today. You don't have to try to create new channels or find new ways. Customers mm. are mobile. Customers on, are, as when I was talking about, they're on Twitter, they're on Facebook, they're on LinkedIn, they're in their communities. You don't have to create these things from scratch. Just go and engage with them there and make a connection. Because connection could be as simple as responding to, uh, to a comment on a community or providing and understanding the community needs and taking it back to your company and maybe coming back with them with a, with a solution or, or a new product and service that you're, uh, you identify to, to these connections. So it's about engagement. It's about monitoring a bit, uh, participating, having a two-way conversation, and really viewing where the customers are today as uh, their preferred uh, way of communication with you. It's no longer, you don't have to wait for a call to come into your call center before you can take action. Mm-hmm. You can actually go where the customers are uh, because now they, they have uh, ways of congregating and communicating to you. I'm going to read just a, a paragraph here, if I may, Reza, from Make a Connection, which is on page 180 of your book. And this, I think that to me, this sums up the guts of the whole customer experience for me as a customer. Uh, nothing creates an emotional bond like a personal connection. This is true no matter which channel your customer is using, which you just said. On the web and in printed collateral, your tone should be welcoming and not off-putting. In direct customer and client interactions, sales staff should be knowledgeable and attentive without being pushy. Get in the habit of asking yourself, would our target customers fully understand this, according to your quoting uh, Temkin here? That to me is customers are people. Isn't that really what we're talking about? We're talking about people in the company, understanding the needs of the people outside the company and bringing them all together on that freeway of customer experience. Any last comments before we finish this segment? Uh, Reza, Volker, Vinay, about the meaning of your 10 on-ramps all put together. How fast can a company put together these 10 on-ramps and be flying down that freeway? Who would like to respond? You know, I'll take this one, Bonnie. Uh, but, but we, <clears throat> our point of view is that 
you can, uh, you, these are samples. These are what people observed. You can take any of these and execute on. Uh, th- these are things you can do in a matter of months. Uh, you can mm-hmm. do it in one department. You can do it in one area and see benefits and then use these on-ramps to create more, uh, more synergy within your company, more, more sponsorship and get into more, more complicated and of course more impactful. Um, um, initiatives, but these are really great ways for each company, for uh, for each individual within the company, to make a difference and start uh, start small and grow. Okay, and I have one more coffee tweet here. We just heard from Joan. She says she's enjoying her hot cup of Arabian mocha Sanani today while listening to a great edition of Coffee with Game Changers. That's Joan Sherlock, who was on our year-end wrap-up, and she's going to come back on soon. I'm delighted with the 10 on-ramps because I love to drive my car fast, and I think any company that wants to survive today has got to find a way to be on that freeway. And I have to tell our listeners that in the book, and the book is wonderful, the book total pages, if you're into long reading is let's see we're almost 300 pages but the 10 on-ramp chapter is only 12 pages so if you want to pick up the book and you're in a hurry just read that chapter and you'll understand the guts of the great expertise our three authors have put together in this very readable book it's not a textbook it's a pick up and get something real out of it very very quickly i'm bonnie d graham we have one more segment to go and guess what you know it's our crystal ball segment I'm going to be asking my guests to talk about what the wow will be like with our increasingly sophisticated and demanding customers in 2017, five years from now, and what will the ideal customer experience look like from your company's perspective. Don't even think of touching that dial. We'll be right back. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. Being here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss being here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane right here on the Seventh Wave Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com Zoom Leadership It's the big picture issues of the day up close and personal capabilities of leadership and a desirable future of constant renewal Zoom Leadership It's the economic crisis made clear patterns and perspectives of leadership and the importance of changing the way we pursue our future Join host John Schmidt every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time 11 a.m. Pacific Time Zoom Leadership An inside look at what's really going on in business, government and civil society Tune in every week on the Voice America Business Channel When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
you're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. To speak with Bonnie D. Graham and her guests, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag, pound sign, S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. And we are back with Coffee Break with Game Changers. We're talking to the authors of The Customer Experience Edge, Reza Sudhakar, Vinay Iyer, and Dr. Volker G. Hildebrand. And my closing question in our crystal ball segment is, business as we've known it for so long is changing. For all size companies across the board, every industry, every niche, everything, every geography. So, my friends, look into the crystal ball and let's predict how... How wow will be changing, how sustaining the wow or achieving the wow will change by 2017 and how the quote-unquote ideal customer experience will look and feel in 2017. Let's start with Reza Sudagar, please. Uh, Bonnie, uh, if, if I look forward, if the, uh, the crystal ball, as you mentioned, one thing that we, we think will, will change drastically uh, um, over the next few years is the uh, amount of detail of information that com- companies will have about their customers and the way they will use it. Uh, for example, uh, all my preferences, right? Maybe I'm, I have food allergy to, to peanuts. Maybe I'm uh, vegan. Maybe I, I like to watch a certain radio show as the, <laughs> during the week. All that information is going to be available about me in, in this, some sort of uh, rationalized fashion that could be used by by companies, and I expect them actually to to use that when they interact with me. For instance, if I'm walking into uh, a, a hotel chain, right, uh, I would uh, it would be a given for me that they would not even offer me uh, food that have peanuts, for instance, in them. Right. They, they know that information about me. Uh, we think there would be some rationalization of these personalized pro- uh, profiles of people uh, with the preferences that everybody can tap into and use it when they interact with their customers. Thank you, Reza. Very good point. And that always brings up the, the question of, is Big Brother watching? Or are we asking Big Brother in the form of companies with which we do business, are we asking them to pay attention to us and opting in and giving them permission? And I think more and more people want that personalized experience you described so well, Reza. Thank you for that. Let's move to Vinay Iyer. Yeah, um, one of the big things that's going on in technology is, uh, in addition to person-to-person communications and communities and interactions, there's an aspect of mission-to-people and mission-to-mission communications that are also starting to become popular and definitely will be a huge area of growth. So by that, what I mean is, you know, uh, an ideal situation in the future would be where experience was delivered to me before I even realized I need it and I demand it. Mm. And it would be a simple, a very simple thing as, uh, you know, like uh, everybody has to take their cars for service every three months or 3,000 or 5,000 miles or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Now, why couldn't that be an automated function where the car realizes that it's coming up on you know, a service timeline and there is a way of communicating to the dealership that, hey, you know, can, I, can you give me a few schedules when... I can come in. I, the car can come in. 
and also <laughs> communicate with the owner of the car, which is me, saying that, hey, here are the available schedules during in the, over the next week when you can take the car to the dealership for service and kind of arrange that for me so I don't have to worry about remembering that this has to happen and then call the dealership and all that happens that, that goes with that. So, uh, of course, there could be a day where the car could drive itself and get service, but probably that's way out in the future. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not giving my car permission to that. It might take an on-ramp and not come back to me. But I'm thinking of David Hasselbeck's car. What was it called? Kit in in the famous TV show. Kit was the the car that spoke to him and did everything to help him catch the bad guys. But an interesting concept. In other words, where the the company that's providing the service will help you keep the item serviced. They'll do the legwork. They'll remind you and they'll help to automate the process on a personalized basis. What's convenient for you? It's time to bring the car in. So you don't have to say, damn, I missed my 3,000 mile checkup. They'll help you remember it. Exactly. Or the car will remember to do it. I, I, I like that even better. Now you're scaring me. And let's turn to Volker Hildebrand. <laughs> what's your ideal customer experience and what's the wow in 2017? I can give you one minute, Volker. Okay. So, uh, well, by, I think more and more. Um, Companies will um, will uh, think more um, from from a customer perspective and and change business processes uh, dramatically. I was using the example of reversing a traditional return process and actually um, you know uh, ship a replacement before before you receive the return. Other areas where where um, uh, also technology comes into place uh, um, is. For example, the, the the usage of stuff. Let's uh, let, let me give you an example from uh, mobile phone users. So you may have a contract with let's say 500 minutes, mm-hmm. and um, and then once you're over, you're you're going to be penalized, right? Every additional you minute bet. is like a, a, a dollar, um, which is a great way for telco companies to make money. You bet. However, this creates a really bad customer experience. So from a customer experience perspective, what uh, uh, customers would uh, expect and technologies are available to do this is once you get close to your maximum, you get an alert um, mm-hmm. automatically on your phone which says, you know, you're approaching your maximum limit of text messages or minutes right. or whatever. And, and um, here's, here's an offer. You know, buy another 100 or 500 for, for sure. a fixed rate. And this is where company are not looking at maximizing their um, short-term profit, but really trying to help me out in, in a situation where I, you know, need more minutes than usual. Right. They're optimizing the customer experience. I'm going to have to skip over to talking about the upcoming shows before I thank all three of you again for your great appearance and terrific information today. Next week is February 1st. Is it already? Oh, my goodness. It means the year is almost 8% over. Don't even tell me. Next week, our topic is huge. Subsidiaries, game changer for large enterprises, yes or no? How do you do the subsidiary setting up? How do you create a subsidiary ecosystem? Should you or should you not? And in the geo perspective, where should your subs be? We have four very smart experts coming on next week. February 8th, I have my three authors back. We're going to do a live Q&A on customer experience with a live audience at a conference. Can't wait to do that. February 15th, here's a good one. Customer loyalty management. What should you have bought him or her for Valentine's Day? Because February 15th is the day after. Uh huh. I want to say thank you for making this show possible. 
Rachel to Patricia Harris, Joan Sherlock, Malcolm, Kimberlyn, Wendy, and Nesbeth, Carolyn Brock, our friends at 50 and 5, and, and Jeff Spinard, Ryan, and Justin at World Talk Radio. And I think we have a minute left, so I'm going to just say thank you to Reza. Thank you to Volker. Thank you to Vinay. You're wonderful guests. I appreciate your sharing your expertise and your energy and your enthusiasm and your passion. I'll see you again in two weeks. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Thank you so much for listening to Coffee Break with Game Changers presented by SAP. See you here next week, same time, same place on the Business Channel, Wednesday morning, 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the Coffee Break conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag pound sign S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Please join your host, Bonnie D. Graham, again next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.